0: Welcome to another edition of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson.
1: And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Wendy Watkins at our live storytelling event in August when the theme was exposure.
0: Wendy moved to Cortez, Colorado from Santa Fe, New Mexico with her husband and two young sons in 1996 and never looked back. She's the owner of S'more Music, a Suzuki-based piano studio, and is proud to host her annual recitals at the Sunflower Theater. She's also the author of Parsnippet, a bi-weekly column that features local food and the people who grow it. Wendy's a grammar geek, a conflicted Luddite, and is happiest when attending live musical theater. Here's Wendy's story.
2: It was a hot summer night three years ago. It was June and I was at my house. I live halfway between Cortez and Dolores on a county road. There's a long driveway that comes off that county road that leads to our house, and the road is pitted and rutted and has lots of potholes. Along the eastern edge of that driveway is a tall, mature hedgerow of lilacs. They're about six or eight feet tall, and they run the length of that driveway. In the front of the house, we have a large deck and my husband and I like to spend a lot of time out there because we can sit on the deck and look out over the valley and we can also th- see the entire expanse of Mesa Verde in front of us. And sometimes on hot summer nights, we move our air, mat- move an air mattress out to the deck and we sleep out there so we can watch the stars and the moon and it's, it's wonderful. So on this particular night, the air mattress was on the deck and I was home alone. My husband was in Michigan visiting his father, and our roommate at the time was at the Grand Canyon with her parents sightseeing. So I was home and I was looking forward to having this time alone, and I was on the deck on the air mattress, and I was reading my book, and I turned out my reading light along about midnight or so. I had my three trusty companions, my three dogs, kind of surrounding me, and I went to sleep. And sometime long after midnight, because I was in a deep sleep when I was awoken, I saw the glare of headlights coming up the driveway, which was unusual um, since I wasn't expecting anybody and it was an odd time of night. But then what got my attention, which kind of put me on alert, was that the driver was acting as though he or she had never seen this driveway before, going very slowly and having difficulty kind of negotiating the potholes. And so now I'm curious. And I watch as the car continues up the, road, up the driveway toward the house and then I get alerted more when the car pulls alongside the house and kills the light but the engine is still going. And then the car moves to the back of the house and then kills the engine. So rather than just get up and go in the house and investigate, I figure I'm going to go around, down the steps of the deck, around the side of the house, and see if I recognize the car. So I get up, and I'm about to, uh, to do this when, well, I'm, I'm going off the deck when I look inside the interior of the house and I see a flashlight <laughs> moving through the house. And I have two simultaneous thoughts. The first one is, wow. I'm being burgled. And, and the second thought was, God, I'm really glad I slept out here tonight instead of in the house. So, given the series of events, I did the only thing that made sense at the time, and I grabbed the phone that was next to the bed, and I tiptoed down the steps of the deck, and I walked a ways down the driveway, and I threw myself into the lilac hedge, and I dialed 911. <laughs> So I can't be seen because these lilacs are tall and I dial 911 and I get a very calm, reassuring voice on the phone of this dispatcher who asks me a series of questions, including, where are you right now? And I say, I'm in the lilacs. (laughs) She asks me if there are any firearms on the premises and I assure her that no, there are not. And she says, I've dispatched a deputy's car. They will be there shortly and then the line goes dead and I realize I'm on a landline, I'm not on a cell phone, so through the lilacs, I kind of inch my way closer to the house so I can get a signal that will stay, and oh, I move another couple feet up the lilac hedgerow, and the phone rings, and it's the 911, and I realize the phone's ringing in the house, too. But anyway, I answer, and it's my, my friendly dispatcher who's trying to keep me on the line. She asked me the same set of questions again, and we go through it and she says, they're on their way, just be patient, just stay hidden, which I said, yes ma'am, I will do that, and then the line goes dead again, and this time she does not call back. So. This is one of those moments where things become very acutely, keenly rimmed, kind of almost like as though in light. So I'm in these lilacs and I'm wearing a very skimpy nightgown and I can feel the scratches of the branches on my skin. I can look to my right and I can see that light still moving from room to room in my house. And I look down to my left down the driveway, and I keep thinking where is the, Where? you know we 're not that far out of town. Where are they? why aren 't they here And Then I look up through the the lilac bushes and I see these leaves it, the leaves of the lilacs and I, and I watch the the clouds scudding across the sky and, and the moon and the stars, and I think, this is so beautiful and, <laughs> but it 's so preposterous and and I I felt oddly safe, nonetheless, just because I knew I couldn't be hidden, I couldn't be seen. So, anyway, there was that moment, and then all of a sudden that moment is sort of broken by the sound of voices, and I look out to my left, and I see four heavily armed deputies walking up my driveway and I realized what they had done rather than keep their lights on while they were on the county road they killed them so as not to alert anybody they parked at the end of our long driveway and they were now walking up kind of unannounced so I can see them clear as day but they have no idea that I'm in the lilacs So I have like a hundred yards to figure out what it is I'm going to say to these guys that will alert them to my presence but not startle them and think that maybe I'm the perpetrator. And I'm thinking, okay, think, think. This is your moment. What can you say? How can you, how can you, um, you know, arrest, ha this situation? And um, they're getting closer, and they're getting closer. And finally they're like a few feet away from me and I I finally come up with it and I say Psst! Officers! I'm in my nightie! It really was the best I could do at that moment. So, you know, they were surprisingly calm about the whole thing, the fact that They were talking to a lilac bush, because I still hadn't come out of hiding. And they asked me the same set of questions that the dispatcher had asked me. And then their final command to me was, stay in the bushes. But now I'm feeling pretty invincible. I got four armed deputies walking in front of me, so there's no way I'm staying in the lilacs. So they, they proceed up, and then when I think they are... Far enough ahead, I tiptoe out of the lilacs in my nightie. And uh, one of them sees me and he whips around and he says, ma'am, please go back to the lilacs. (laughs) I'm thinking, this is my house. (laughs) So they get to the front of the house. They're standing now in front of the deck. And I should mention that my three trusty companions who have not barked yet are at their (laughs) heels. And they stand like this, all four of them in a straight line. Three of them have these mega mag lights, these flashlights, and they hoist them onto their shoulders. The fourth one has his hand on his gun. And as though on cue, they turn on those flashlights and the front of the house is illuminated like a movie set. I mean, it is brighter than day. And they shout, Sheriff's Department, come out, come out with your hands up. And then there's another one of those moments. You know, it was just like suspenseful and it was pregnant with anticipation and we were just all there together, the, sh- the, the deputies and my dogs and me. And, uh, Nothing happens. (laughs) So he repeats himself. Sheriff's department, come out with your hands up. So slowly the front door opens and out of the inky shadows comes a figure and it's then that I think, oh no, man. I have started something in motion here that I'm not gonna be able to undo very easily. Rubbing her eyes, blinded by the light, is my roommate, home two days early from the Grand Canyon. And at that point, all modesty is gone. I am flailing my arms, jumping up and down, flapping like a bird, trying to assure them that no crime is being committed, that it's fine, she's supposed to be here, but they're not quite sure yet, so they bark at her, what are you doing here? And she says more like a question than an answer, I live here? And I say, officers, it's fine, she lives here, I'm so sorry. And so after a little bit more interrogation, they finally turn off their lights, they holster their gun. and. They assure me they're very gracious. They assure me that all is well that I did not um, do anything wrong by calling them and My roommate and I watched them walk down the driveway into the darkness with my dogs trotting along behind them We called the dogs back my roommate and I had a good laugh I went back up to the deck to get back into bed on the air mattress and I looked down and it was completely deflated. And I thought, yeah, that is the perfect metaphor for this night, thank you.
0: Thanks, Wendy, for telling that story. For more from Wendy, stick around for the outtake at the end of the podcast.
1: To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share the stories with your friends.
0: And if you want to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to ravennarratives.org and fill out the form on the contact page.
1: You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there and find out what the themes will be at upcoming events.
0: The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org.
1: Special thanks goes to our sound engineering wizard, Mike McAllister, for his technical expertise in recording and mixing the Raven Narrative stories told at the Sunflower Theater.
0: Support for The Raven Narratives comes from Red Scarf Shots Photography Studio in Durango, Colorado. Find out more at RedScarfShots.com
2: Now for the (laughs) outtake. the officers were asking her all these questions, which were really irrelevant at that point. Like, yeah. why did you come home early from the Grand Canyon? That was one of their questions to her. Like, well, who cares? <laughs> yeah, She's here. Home. Not yeah. relevant to the
0: case,
1: <laughs> <laughs> But I, I thought it- I object. <laughs> they, they They're to be a, <laughs> <laughs> <objection>, <laughs> It's very private. <laughs> <laughs> private.
0: <laughs>